Yes, people are, are wanting more and more uh, delivery and services and those type of things, but I do believe that, that it will never go away, that people want to come uh, to a local, local uh, store. They want to be seen. They want to be talked to. They want to um, communicate yeah. uh, with others and run into your neighbors. Sometimes you come to a store, you don't want to run into your neighbors, right. but a lot of times you do. You go to the store and you run into people you know or you mm-hmm. haven't seen. Um, and so there's just a great sense of community. And I think all of our stores are, are located in, in great communities throughout Portland. The Portland 50 podcast is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Additional support for the Portland 50 is provided by Zupan's Markets. Welcome back to the Portland 50. I'm your host, Court Johnson. Uh, What's fun about the Portland 50 is that it's a podcast with interviews and conversations about the people and places that make Portland unique. And today's guest and the subject actually kind of is the best of both of those worlds. Uh, Mike Zupan, the president of Zupan's Markets, a uh, local market that has been here in the Portland area for going on 44, 45 years back to 1975. Um, and I got to be honest with you, I shop regularly at Zupan's. Um, I do have some business associations with the Zupan's, but you're going to hear me in this uh, podcast. I completely fanboy uh, about Zupan's because the experience of shopping there is different than a lot of places that you would get at just your regular uh, grocery market. And so I think that was important to kind of highlight the things that have really stood out to me and talk to Mike about, uh, you know, why it is that way. Cause there, there are some things that are done on purpose. And then I think there's byproducts, things that just happen because of the culture that they have um, created at Zupan's markets. But uh, interesting things about Mike that we'll talk about. Um, I was not aware of um, him being a first generation American, that his father, John, that started Zupan's markets back in 1975, was born overseas. So we're going to talk about that, what brought them to the United States, how they ended up here in Portland, and how Zupan's evolved over the years. And towards the end, we talk about where Zupan's and maybe even Portland itself go into the future. So I really enjoyed my time with Mike Zupan. He's our guest on this episode of the Portland 50. Uh, You're going to edit this anyway, right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's interesting. I I do edit it. I I try try not to edit too much because like the best stuff comes from just Just comes out raw conversations. But um, yeah, plus, you know, I'm, slightly lazy i'm just like oh then i have to go and no, find it no worries um i'll try not to <laughs> but you know what's interesting is as a guy who shops regularly at zupans and then as i um kind of prepare for this interview um and realizing your father's background in produce and then your background in produce walking into zupans makes complete sense now just this focus on just you have the most beautiful produce sections of any market well, I think it's a passion that started with my father, certainly. And uh, when you walk into our stores, I say the first thing we want you to see is flowers outside, but the second thing is is really produce. And yeah, and and you you display, but you display the produce as equally beautiful as the flowers. That's what's amazing about it. You walk in there and just like, oh man, this could be art. I think it is art in its own sense. Uh, the uh, the produce we t- always talk about produce. We talk about what it tastes like. And um, you eat with your eyes first. Mm-hmm. So if it looks good, um, then that's going to be your first draw to the product. Sure. And then you're going to taste it, and that's what's going to hook you. And so we always say like a strawberry should taste like a strawberry, or um, a 
watermelon should taste like a watermelon. And that sounds so simple, but a lot of times you'll see these, you go into stores and you'll see a beautiful red strawberry and it just tastes like cardboard. Right. You know? So it doesn't taste like a berry. And I, and I should point out, uh, and this has happened on numerous occasions when I've had questions about produce at Zupans, yeah. and I'll ask um, one of the, you know, grocers that are in there, some in produce, they will immediately, oftentimes they'll be like, let's taste it. And so you'll taste it together. Um, and so you get to kind of get a taste of what you're buying. So you have some it's, sort of. It's absolutely, that's part of our culture. Though. Yeah. I think that uh, it's not just looking at the product that you were talking about, the, the, the artwork of putting it out there and how we stack it and touch it. And, yeah. Um, the. A commitment that we make and, and it's about touching every item every day and so that sounds uh, like a monumental task when right. you look at the produce department and not just produce but it's fish and it's meat mm -hmm. and it's our food service it's bakery like all those fresh products need to be someone needs to look at those products and touch them every day to make sure that the quality and the freshness is at the level that we want it to be yeah and so when you're in the produce department the easiest thing to do when people are looking at a product uh, is to just cut it open or peel it open or whatever it is and taste it. Right. And then our people also get to taste it too. And so now they can talk to uh, the customers and be like, oh, I just had that melon or I just had that apple. This is my favorite apple right now. Yeah. This is my favorite uh, berry right now. And so, and this is why. It, it makes a true different, uh, difference when you're, you're, again, to your point, talking to somebody who has tasted it before and actually has some experience with it as opposed to the sh shoulder shrug that you get kind of in the bigger box things and where they're, they might not have even normally yeah. <laughs> work in, in in that department on, on any given day. Um, let's let's go back to the beginning. You you mentioned your father. Um, he worked in uh, different places in, in grocers, but produce was kind of where he found his lane, right? Produce is where he um, yeah he started as a as a child uh, uh, working for Sheridan Foods, mm -hmm. uh, Sheridan Fruit, and uh, I think that's where his first uh, really understanding of produce uh, came from, and, and the passion that was there. My grandfather actually was a truck driver, and so he would haul loads of produce uh, from California and uh, Modesto and mm -hmm. Turlock and um, uh, Salinas Valley, and he'd bring stuff up to to, uh, to Portland. And so my father kind of was involved with that a little, you know, a young age, and uh, rode rode in the trucks with my grandfather, and so would see some of the produce warehouses and places like that. And it was just a natural once he got into uh, uh, from there, he went from Sheridan uh, Fruit, he went to uh, Fred Myers, worked in the produce department, mm -hmm. and I think that's where his passion uh, just uh, continued to grow. Uh, um, this is actually something I, I maybe I should have led with this. Yeah. The, the last name Zupan, what's the origin? Where, uh, it's where, Croatian. It's Croatian. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, how many generations back? You know, my it's a great um, it's a great story, really. It's the all American story of my grandparents uh, back in 1945. Uh, immigrating to America, and they were uh, actually being kicked out of what was then Yugoslavia mm -hmm. with the uh, communist dictator uh, Tito was taking over mm -hmm. uh, the, the country. And uh, my grandfather was a freedom fighter, uh, and my grandmother, so he was off uh, uh, fighting the war. My grandmother was. Uh, um, had just given birth to my to my father. They actually had escaped or left, I don't know about escaped, but really had left um, Yugoslavia and were in, in Austria at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, had my grandfather under a tree in Austria and um, you know, somehow was able to, to uh, meet up with my grandfather again. And uh, they got on a boat and 
came across uh, to Ellis Island, and so that is that's one of those. It is the Great American Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think so. Came, you're so you're technically with your father being born over over there. You're, yeah, I'm you're first, first generation. First generation. Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't have anything. When they came here, and my grandfather was he started driving a truck, and he drove a truck um, with his family on board, and uh, ended up in Klamath Falls, mm-hmm. Oregon, and then from Klamath Falls. Um, made his way up to, to Portland where they settled in. And my father went to school, high school at, uh, at Madison, graduated from mm-hmm. Madison High School, and then went to work for uh, ultimately for Fred Myers. When did you, um, so Zupan, uh, Zupan started in 1975 when your father started the, the what was it, was it called Zupan's Markets then or what was it called then? No, my father bought uh, a store with another gentleman and who was also with Fred Myers and Chuck Gaylord was his name. And he, Chuck was from the, grocery side of Fred Myers. My father was from the produce side mm-hmm. and uh, they bought their store in 1975 called Zim's uh, Super Center, which is out in Gresham, Okay, which right now is a car lot. <laughs> it right. no, no longer exists. Yeah, But uh, that was back in 1975. And, and then in a few y- years later, uh, my father ventured out on his own mm-hmm. and um, his first store, you know, he, we had a lot of different stores, but I think uh, Thriftway, was uh, okay. at, at that time was yeah. it was a was a banner for the independence and he uh, opened his first thriftway store. Um, there's been a lot of different Zupans through in different cities and different versions of it. Yeah. Like the the Zupans of the of forty four years ago is different than the ones yeah. from even twenty years ago, ten years ago. It's been an evolution. Has that been an assess- uh, evolution of necessity or or actually it probably has been, but um, just the the trends of of Grocery shopping has changed so much over the years. Well, the industry has changed dramatically, right? Yeah. And it continues to change. I don't think you're seeing right now more change than ever. Right. Um, Just have it delivered to my house. Yeah. I think back, if you go back into the, uh, you know, 1970s or, or uh, maybe even early 80s, but the independent market uh, or independent grocers were over uh, 25, 30% of the overall market. Mm-hmm. And now they're in the single digits right. or, or in slimmer. So um, I think the necessity of having to change over the years, we've had lots of different banners, uh, different concepts that my father ha- had tried, some successful, some not successful, uh, from big box stores to uh, price-driven, uh, conventional, mm-hmm. to ultimately to what we are today, which is more of a, uh, a higher-end gourmet a uh, specialty food yeah. uh, type of market. When did uh, when did you get get going in the grocer? Well, for me personally, yeah, uh, I think going to work in 1975 when my dad um, had his first store, and I think that uh, during those days, both my mom and dad worked at the store, mm-hmm. and so it was very common for my sister and I to go to work with them. And you know, sometimes we'd maybe doing homework upstairs in their offices, right. or we'd be down. Uh, um, in the back room, bagging ice or sweeping floors or counting bottles. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, from very early age, you know, I was like 10 years old. So, And being put to, put to work. Was there was there a period, cause my dad, and maybe this is the bad comparison, my dad was military and I have a bunch of brothers who follow the military and I, obviously a lot of respect for it. But for some reason, my dad saw, saw me and it's like, you're not doing this. This is, this is not for you. I think he kind of saw that like entertainment and radio was the direction I was going to go. For you, what was your was your dad 
wanting you to get into the family business or did he push you a certain way? No, I don't think my father ever pushed me to get into the business. I think it just naturally came yeah. uh, with being around it. I think early on, uh, quite honestly, and going to work with my parents is like, there was no other place to go. Right. And sometimes I'd go with my grandparents, but uh, you know, you want to be with your parents, you want to see them and see what they're doing. Sure. And you know, they work really hard and they had a real passion for the business and, and to make their business successful. So I think uh, watching that uh, at a young age uh, helped me. Um, Set the course for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I understand, uh, it, was it an internship you did or a, like a job you did with Associated Grocers? Well, Associated Grocers was our wholesaler. So when I yeah. graduated college, uh, we had just switched uh, wholesalers. So Associated Grocers was a new wholesaler out of Seattle at the time. Yeah. And uh, they offered this internship for me to go up there. I worked with them for six months and really got to see the wholesale side of the business and how that's run. Because mm-hmm. I had seen retail, right? Uh, but understanding the back end side, which if you look at today, has really changed. Right. And how, um, if I look where uh, the wholesaler industry has gone, I think we were with uh, uh, United Grocers, who was purchased by uh, Associated Grocers who was purchased by um, uh, SuperValue, mm-hmm. who's now just purchased by UNFI, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so they're just consulted. Now there's, there's really, for an independent, uh, very few places for us to uh, procure product. Right, and that, and that becomes a necessity, just obviously as, as, a, as a grocery store, as a market, you've gotta have supply. Yeah. So when, when you are independent like you, do, do you, do you piece it together for Zupans now, or do you well, have? I, I think what makes us different, one of the things that we do is we procure from a lot of local uh, artisans here yeah. in, in Portland. We're so lucky and fortunate that Portland has these great little artisan, um, whether it's chocolatiers or bakers or uh, charcuterie makers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, we have just a, a, a plethora of, of great producers here, and so we're able to Uh, give them an avenue uh, to sell that product and and, and tell their story as well. The Portland 50 podcast is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. As the uh, the CEO of the company, how much time do you, I, I guess your your corporate offices are now inside one of the stores now. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I never say corporate. I say home office. Right, your, your home uh, office. We're, we're so far from corporate. Right. <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, our home office is, is actually just uh, two blocks uh, down the street from our McAdam store. Right okay. Now. And I, I think if you ask me where, you know, the best place to be is not in the office. It's really out in the stores. Right. It's in the stores with our people, talking to them about uh, what they're selling, what they're what they're buying. Uh, what they're excited about, and also talking to customers, and just uh, I, I love talking to customers about food, uh, you know, what they're cooking. Yeah. Uh, if I see them buy something, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to make with that? It it is interesting as we were talking about kind of the trends of where grocery shopping goes, because um, you have obviously the big box stores, and then suddenly you can buy your grocery stores at the same place you can go and buy your kid a bike. Right. And it's all it's all in the same place, right. and and at times there's a benefit to that, but. You know, and and then in true American fashion, we figure out ways to not even have to go anywhere, and stuff is delivered to us. Um, but what's great, great about Zoo Pans is kind of that return to that that small. 
I don't know because I remember it's growing community. up. Community, small, it's, yeah. Because in in my hometown there was Smiths, not Smiths that's big in the Midwest or yeah. in the Mountain West. Yeah. But it was Smiths Grocery owned by the Smith family in my town. Yeah. And you could go there, and they knew the t- the store from front to back. Yeah. And you go to the butcher block, and you know there was you knew it was fresh meat because you know it, the guy in the back you knew him and he was telling you so. And that's the feeling you get at Zoo Pants. It's and that's done by design. Yeah, I think that the, the grocery store in general has always been a, a cornerstone of, of community. Mm-hmm. And so people, yes, people are, are wanting more and more uh, delivery and services and those type of things. But I do believe that, that it will never go away, that people want to come uh, to a local local uh, store. They want to be seen. They want to be talked to. They want to um, communicate yeah. uh, with others and run into your neighbors. Sometimes you come to a store, you don't want to run into your neighbors. Right. But a lot of times you do. You go to a store and you run into people you know or you mm-hmm. haven't seen. Um, and so there's just a great sense of community. And I think all of our stores are, are located in, in great communities throughout Portland. So. Yeah. Uh, what trends are you seeing right now? What's, what's the, what is the future of, of grocery? Oh, or trends. Do, and, I, yeah, I mean, that, that, it's probably a pie in the sky. No, there's always, there's, trend, there's always trends. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a trend, but, but people want to eat healthier. Yeah, um, they're choosing to eat eat healthier. They want to know where their products come from, how how their products are grown or raised or what it's fed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are trends that I think are going to continue. I think that uh, the, the consumer wants more information about the product that they're putting in their body. the The trend that I see or that we talk about is is people are willing to uh, indulge a little bit more. Uh, when they do want to have a special meal or a special occasion, whether it's a, uh, we just had Father's Day and you want to go out and, and, and grill a steak. I don't want just a steak. I want a, I want a, a great steak. Yeah. And, and when, what's that going to be? And so. Do you think b- because of those trends and because of what Zupans is currently doing, Zupans Markets, um, with this kind of, I, again, I say this kind of this return to the hometown market, um, do you think that's unique to Portland? Is this something that would on, that could only work in Portland, or do you think this is where it's going elsewhere in the country? Oh, I think it, it works definitely in other areas of the country. Um, we're a part of a network of a, a lot of, uh, especially independents around the country, so we, we get to share uh, best practices, best ideas, yeah. and I, when we see it working elsewhere. But I think Portland, uh, it, it is unique in the sense that in the West Coast in general, the quality of the grocery stores and shopping experiences that are on the West Coast, I think, has always been a level um, superior to other areas of the country. Yeah, and so I think we've been very fortunate or spoiled, uh, in a good way, for the for the Northwest consumer to have such options. Sure. Uh, of where to shop for food. Well, I think you get I think you get that when you know you talk about the 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 meat the butcher block yeah. going in there. You're, you're, I mean, you're you're dealing with ranches that are right here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, the produce is coming in from from local, and then you know you go to the bakery the bakery section. We, we just picked up some bread from, oh man, who was it? It was Ken's Ken's, Ken's artisan. artisan Ken's artisan, yeah. yeah. And and so one you know, of the best one of the best bread makers. In oh the yeah, city, his yeah, his walnut sure. baguette. Oh my goodness, it's awesome. You, you it's can't so good. ever go wrong with the walnut baguette. Yeah. What, what's your favorite thing in the stores right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Is that hard? It's a oh, that is, question. That is, I'll tell you that, what mine that is. is. That, I, there's well, so many good things. Yeah, I, my, my favorite thing yeah. is is the warm cookie that you can get. The warm cookies, pretty oh, my good. Goodness. Like it's it like uh, I'm very gluttonous. Yeah. I will eat that thing, and my wife is like, "You should probably have like two bites because it is so rich and like it'll last you a week." The cookie's really good. Yeah. I, mean, I think our pokey is really good. Yes, 
Um, you know, it's made fresh every single day. Uh, I think there's so many unique products that uh, our meat departments, our signature steaks, mm-hmm. um, and we've got like four different cuts of, of them. And they're big, thick steaks, so they're they're um, uh, you know two inches thick. It's something you just those are let's say, going back to the old school way of of cutting meat, yeah, and uh, giving you steaks that are. Uh, I think they're quite actually easier to cook if they're thicker. Sure. So there's some challenges in, in, in some of that if it, in the thickness, but we can teach people how to do that. Right. How to cook it. But I think that the, the steaks and how they eat and the flavor profile that in some of the Wagyu steaks that we have, and we just developed a signature hamburger, a signature burger, which is uh, has ground uh, short rib brisket and chuck in it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And so but things like that are- This is the so, one that you serve on, is it the ones you're serving on Burger Thursdays and Fridays? Uh, or is that, it, it's not, that's that's just a regular burger. It's a regular burger, the, okay. This is, a, this is kind of a one up from that. One up from that, all right. Yeah, and it is so good. Yeah. And what makes it good is, is, is it's rich, right. but it's not fatty. Like, sure. You know, so it has fat in it, but because of the uh, short rib and the, and the brisket in there, it just has a real richness to it. Yeah, you, you hit on something and we've hit on it a couple of times. What's the interview process when you're when you're hiring people to work for Zupan's Markets? Because I, I've had very unique experiences with all these people. I was buying curry one day, and, yeah. and I was actually buying a curry sauce. And as I was checking out, they're like, "Oh, curry sauce!" And I said, "Yeah, I I, I don't know how to make curry, you know, from scratch." And the the woman checking me out says, "I do," and she gave me a recipe like on the spot. Yeah, like great. she wrote down for, and I was like, "This is this is so great." So. Obviously, and there's more stories than than just that one. So, like for me, just all around, it seems like you you you're very particular, or maybe just very lucky in terms of the people that you've hired. Well, I think we're fortunate the people who are into what we're into seek us out. But yeah. uh, beyond that, when we hire people, whenever I interview somebody or, or, or talk to them about coming to work for our, our company, I say you got to like two things: you have to like food, and you have to like people. And if you like those two things, you'll love working for Zoo Pants. Yeah. And uh, it, it's really true. It's a passion uh, that we have in food. And I think it transcends to all of our associates. And it really shows when you go in uh, and, and shop. And they'll talk to you about food. They'll talk to you about uh, recipes or what to do with a product. Or you know, they'll cut something open so you can taste it. Or if there's a package you know, on our shelf and, and there's an olive oil that, hey, I'm interested in this. Well, let's open the bottle of oil up and let's see what it tastes like. And, yeah. and so... I think there's, it is a, it's a, just a, it's a culture that we have and a passion about food and, and then people. And I, and I, I, I feel like you've empowered your employees to kind of take the initiative because I, you know, me having grown up, I grew up a little bit in retail where oftentimes it was, the, the permission was never there. So it's just like, let me, you know, I want to do this, but let me check with my manager first. There's never been a point where it's just like, let me check on that. No, I think most people, it's hard to sell something unless you know what it tastes like. Yeah. And so empowering them to say, hey, let the customer taste it. How do we do that for right. them? Um, you know, wine has always been a passion of, I didn't, it wasn't always my passion, but my parents kind of started off in, in enjoying wine and, and, and great food goes to great wine. Yeah. And so they, they're a natural combination. And so learning a little bit about the wine industry and, and trying to sell wine uh, to customers and people asking lots of questions, the number one question is like, well, what's it taste like? What's it like? And unless you've ha- have tasted the wine, it's really hard to tell someone. You can read all the notes you want about it, right? But you can't really tell them. But so having them the uh, the power of tasting it mm-hmm. and knowing that information and passing that along, uh, uh, 
was so powerful. And it's like, you need, we need to do that with everything. And so uh, empowering our people to, yeah, let's taste it. Yeah. And it goes to wine too, because wine's a, an important category for us as well. But, yeah, no, in, in fact, yeah. that's that's one of the areas where, um, do you have two Cellars Ease now? In, in, we do, we have two stores that have cellars in them. Yeah. We call them both Cellars Ease. So. Yeah. So this this is a, it's a so they're nice ch- chilled or I guess they're chilled because they're they cellars. are they're temperature controlled yeah, yeah. Uh, wine cellars where um, it it's pretty amazing I'm I'm trying to think of which one they're both down in cellars and I guess they're, they're both below the store they're so both they're below both the store yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Lake, uh, Lake, Gro- Lake Grove and or Lake Oswego and our Burnside, Burnside. Store both have both have a cellars yeah. so that, that so you know again this is this is kind of taking that that wine experience you're you're at the the market you need to grab some wine to that next level where you've got some true quality and somebody there that's gonna be able to walk you through it well i think wine is a fun category as well just like uh you know fresh food is wine is a category you can talk to people about there's so much uh uh, nuances Mm -hmm. in wine and so uh finding uh wines to just go with food and and if you say hey i'm having this curry dish or i'm having a steak or i'm having a, a salad you know, we can find a wine that that uh, will pair well with what you're having. What do you think the? Because uh, I think going back to the trends of of grocery, because I think grocery shopping probably is the the first little indicator of where shopping trends and even the economy goes. Because everybody's got to eat. What what does the future of Portland look like for you? Because it's been it's growing like crazy, but um, I, the the just the influx of people coming in. What do you see? Portland, like in five, 10 years, what's it going to look like? Well, I think Portland has been able to become this kind of iconic city in our country for food. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're known for food. Our restaurateurs that we have, uh, people are, uh, you know, the, the feast events that, that if you go to those, yeah. you come in and you see these people coming from all around the country here for food and experiencing that. And so I think Portland is continue, will continue to grow. Um, on that reputation, and I think that uh, giving, for us, it's about giving them an environment uh, uh, to procure those type of products, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's always fun to find new things and find uh, unique things um, in the cooking experience. Do you think that um, that peop- that some of these bigger grocers are gonna follow the Zupan's Markets model and say, Big isn't necessarily better. Where we need to be a little more neighborhood focused. Oh, I, you know, I I don't know where the overall. I, I think right now, if I look at just the general landscape, uh, and it all has changed from when Amazon uh, purchased Whole Foods, mm-hmm. is it's no longer about quality. Uh, it's about quantity and price and. Uh, commodity, basically, where everything is available for everybody at the, right. you know, and I, I don't see that's for for us. That's not the fun side of food. It's the fun is is finding the little the the, the artisans and finding the unique products and finding uh, the best strawberries or the best steaks or the best olive oils, um, and those typically are, uh, are smaller production batches mm-hmm. and something that can't be scaled for a large. Uh, um, how many retailer. how many new new products and I'm, I'm assuming because you're a lot of these are coming from local are you introducing into the because shelf space in grocery stores especially it's at for, a premium for it's sure. at a premium yeah I mean it, it's hard to say we probably have over 30,000 items in our store yeah and 
you know, you're seeing our buyers are seeing, you know, hundreds of items every single week. Yeah. So it's really, really hard. What we say is we do the work for them by um, scouring through those products, tasting those products, trying to find the best products uh, and things that we think that they might uh, in, enjoy mm-hmm. um, in, uh, to put on our shelves. So, Who does, because um, it has the Zupan's label on it, your non-bread is like yeah. the best non-bread. <laughs> I maybe, think, maybe that's a trade secret. No, no, I, I think so good. I think we, we don't put our name on very few few things, yeah. uh, very many items, but the ones that we do, uh, we're really passionate about uh, the quality of mm-hmm. those. And so from our olive oil and our tuna, uh, maple our syrup. marinara sauce, maple syrup is oh, one yeah. that just came out. Yeah, uh, Those are all great, great products. Um, and we find the these little artisan producers that are that are making that for us. Yeah, no, that non bread is like yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's toasted up a little bit. Ooh, yeah. we should go for that, some of that right now. Mike, uh, our half hour is is up. I appreciate you coming in today. Or thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you for listening today. And in case you've missed any previous podcast, be sure to check out Kink.fm or download an episode wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, be sure to like and subscribe. The Portland 50 is a podcast about the people who dream, build, and champion the uniqueness of Portland, creating a better community for generations to come. It's presented weekly by Jaguar Land Rover Portland, one company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950.